0: Here we go. Welcome to uh, Time to Kill with uh, Luke Pope and TJ DeFalco. Definitely can tell already that it's our first time doing one of these things. So <laughs> bear with us as we um, learn how to do this as we go. Yeah, no judgment uh, from anybody. So huh? yeah. It's just, uh, just yeah, no talking about our time, zone.
1: time to kill and all these days of confusion and everything about that. So Let's just sit yeah. back, have a little laugh if we get those to you guys, <laughs> and then uh, just see how it goes from there.
0: Right. Yeah. So I think it's uh, I've, I think it it's gonna be a volleyball podcast. I think along those lines. Um. Those lines. Yeah. You know, I think uh, for introductions' sake, you know, I uh, this is Luke Pope. Um, you know, I'm a men's volleyball head coach at a university in Kansas called Ottawa University. Uh, And then we got TJ DeFalco, who uh, is a current USA team player and in his second season playing internationally in Italy. And I'm not going to try and say the name because I'll butcher it. I'll let him butcher it for us. (laughs) Yeah. Um. (laughs) Saying I'm a team player Um, for USA
1: kind of sounds a little ambiguous, but um, it means that I'm a volleyball player on the national team for the U.S. national team. Um, and then I'm currently go. playing in a town called Vibo, Valencia, in the southern tip of the boot of Italy. If for those of you who know ge- geography and are well acquainted with such things, um, I'm living here, going through all the quarantine and all this COVID stuff that is happening around the world, but now is happening again for the second time, God bless, in Italy. So lots of, yeah. lots of fun times over here.
0: Right. Um... So I made some notes about things we could possibly talk about. I mean, we talked on the phone three days ago about maybe doing this. So uh, I think we were excited to do this and kind of we're just jumping into it, you know, feet first, Um, but something like I thought maybe we can get out of the way on the first episode was kind of how we know each other, Um, our story of what that looks like and why a coach in Kansas knows a guy in, who plays professionally in Italy to the people that don't understand might sound a little confusing, but no, no, I like that. It's a good idea. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, introductions, all that stuff, uh, what the podcast might look like in the future, uh, and things like that. You know, I think, uh, for introductions' sake, I've known TJ for, Five years?
1: No, I think it's been more than that.
0: Six? Might be more than that, yeah. Well, I was 21 years old, and you were a junior in high school when I met you when you came to play at our practices at my junior college.
1: Yeah, that's right. Okay, so it would have been my so that 16th year with Casey Harwell.
0: 17th or 16th? Well, he One was the coach for both.
1: Oh, it, 16th yeah, is the only year that he f- did the full year. We don't want to talk about the 17th year. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Casey, if you're, if you're uh, listening, uh, it was a good year. I, I appreciated it. So Casey was TJ's club coach, but also my junior college coach when I won state in 2013 with, uh, Matt Hilling and friends, uh, shout out to Eric Stark, Kevin Gorantz, all the homies. Uh, but yeah, so I was coaching club at the area, uh, at HBC, uh, while I was getting... So that was the year after I won state. Um, and then uh, we met because of mutual friends and those things, but I was also coaching at the university. And I, I remember one thing that... And you can fix anything that i mess up on this it was a couple of years ago but i do remember sitting on casey's bench in a match for the holiday classic and i remember being like hey tj uh have you made any mistakes because you were getting pretty upset and you were like yeah what the heck are you even talking about and i was like all right man just let it go man if people make mistakes they can make mistakes too like you don't gotta get so down and and you just like shrugged me off like, what the hell? That, I mean, we hadn't really talked. So yeah. it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, uh, I, I, one thing that pops out of my mind of, the, of our first day's meeting was you came. We had, I don't know, um, who was that redheaded kid that played on my team? It was the second setter. I don't remember. Uh, but anyway.
0: Something Gilbert. Or no, 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 that no, was
1: Alec. Yeah. I forget. What anyway, was. Uh, you came to substitute for the second side setting one day, and all I remember was, dude, this kid is so lazy. He doesn't do defense at <laughs> all. He doesn't dig any balls, and that's what I. That was my first impression. Then after that, it was kind of foggy, about I do remember that moment. that We were at like the one of the inter, like the the Swinter Classics or whatever you said, and just sitting in the Anaheim Convention Center with 150 courts. You you stand up out of nowhere, and just hey. Does anybody make mistakes? Like who the beep is this guy? And I remember that exactly, man. That's just so funny. Oh man,
0: such a long time yeah. ago. But yeah, um, I uh, I fixed my defense later on. I was <laughs> I was yeah, I was a, I was a setter, man. I didn't you know defense second. But don't, you know, if you're a young volleyball player listening to this, we don't know who our audience is. That's true. (laughs) We don't have one, obviously, as we're sitting here, haven't even posted this yet. But if you are young, defense is important as a setter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so then kind of after that, we, uh, you you know, you were in the area. um, uh, You lived with a family in that in the Huntington Beach area and and I had my apartment very close to that house, and uh, I think I remember, you know, ha- giving you rides from school and things of that nature, and um, when you were around for the holidays, you would come over to our fam- my family's uh, dinners and things like that, and just kind of meshed well and became a part of the family, and so now we're friends still
1: still and yet so man oh man still and yet
0: oh yeah <laughs> um but yeah so now everybody knows so now i don't want to hear about it no, I'm <laughs> um but yeah i think you know i think going forward uh, i think the podcast could be a good outlet for people to listen to kind of what um, a young professional mindset and and also a young up and coming head coach um it's pretty funny like i i was trying to think of things that i could talk about on the podcast and one thing that i was uh i was thinking about in our last practices this last week was what things i take seriously as a coach now uh yeah. like something that i i i put my foot down and say that hey we can't do this like defense our, like yeah like defense and being lazy (laughs) that doesn't happen anymore uh but also like arguing calls like as a player if anybody who's listening to this used to coach me like I was the worst like always wondering what referees and talking to them a lot and blah, blah blah and so in practices when a player like questions a call or whatever I get so mad and it's not mad but I'm like, no, we're not doing that. Just play volleyball. Come on. And it's just kind of funny that now I'm in a weird, I'm trying to like think of things, um, you know, to talk about about volleyball. And some of those things are kind of, what as a young coach, that's figuring out culture and, um, you know, what what kind of system and all those things. I know a lot of times I talk about how uh, none of it's from me. You know, everything that I coach, From somebody that knows more than me, that I've heard talk about it and uh, that I think is important uh, and that sticks. So, but yeah, I I like
1: the way you put it as uh, questioning a call, it's a very (laughs) politically (laughs) correct way of saying. Asking, wondering what in the actual heck the ref is seeing, and just yeah, what whatever are words thinking, are being yeah. used in that situation. I like the way we describe it now as just questioning. Questioning. Yeah, questioning. We'll
0: question it. <laughs> yeah, we'll just question it. I think it's funny. Also, like, um, I would never want to be a ref.
1: Oh my god, it'd be terrible.
0: I don't. I don't envy them in the slightest. I think it takes a certain person to be able to take some of that backlash and stand up to. You know, knowing that they made the right call and things like that. Couldn't do it, no nope. personally.
1: Yeah, and I, yeah, I back in club and kind of a little bit in college. I remember one guy in particular that was like, "Man, I don't know how you do your job, but good for you." And that was Diamond yeah. Dave. Do you remember that Diamond guy, Dave. man? That yes. guy was a legend. Yes. So for the people that are probably not gonna have that many outstretch of viewers and listeners and stuff like that, but for the people who have no idea who Diamond Dave is. Throughout both of our careers, both of our club careers and a little bit of college career, Diamond Dave was the toughest, probably a war veteran ref on the stand. He, (laughs) He would sit there for about six or seven seconds of listening to a player's complaints and just look at him, smile, and tell him to get back on the court if you still wanted to play the game. It was like yep. immediate put his foot play, down yeah. and just smiled at you and was like, "I don't take any of your stuff whatsoever." It was oh man, yeah. I, he did it with everyone too. And there's different levels of people so that stoic. are complaining and you know throwing their fits and all that kind of stuff. There's different levels of players. The players that are like kind of cautious about it and going about it like, "Oh, I don't want to," you know, embarrass the, f- the moms and dads seven feet away from me listening <laughs> to what I'm saying to the ref. And then there's people yeah. like me who. <laughs> um, I don't see anyone but the ref and myself. So probably in my career said many things that I regret, but you know, that's just the, that's yeah. just the process of learning how to, how to control that stuff. And then also learning the filters that need to go with that. So Diamond Dave was, a, yeah. was absolutely a I hero. Imagined.
0: Yeah. I actually, um, not that I ever had a membership there, but what's that? What's that one gym? That's really nice. It's like in Irvine. Equinox. Equinox.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So I randomly with a couple of buddies, we were just like, "Oh, we'll we'll get like the free membership and like see what it's all about." And uh, when I was younger, and (laughs) I was I went over to the showers, and who else but Diamond Dave is in there, (laughs) and I'm just like, "This guy makes so much money repping. He's got Equinox money. Like, awesome.
1: Let's go." Good for that guy.
0: Yeah, let's go. So, I thought that was pretty funny. He was he was the best for like if you were working the game though. Do you ever remember working the game when he was the ref?
1: Yeah, I was a little kind of a selfish like, player and I never I got my way out of working pretty much every time. Oh, but there we go. You know, I yeah. said it, people. It's oh, all right. Man. You don't have Truth to say it for out. me. Holy moly.
0: <laughs> Anyways, but he would like smile at you and just be like if anybody said questions you, just just ignore them. Or, or you'd be like, it. just send them to me. I was like, yes. Send them to me. Yeah, just send them to me. I was like, yes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's pretty funny. Um, you got anything you want to talk on the podcast about? I have a couple other notes. but
1: uh, For now, I'm just going along with the topics. I love the fact that you had were a little bit prepared for this. And I thought about <laughs> <Yeah>. it, but <laughs> uh, I'm, I like the, no, I like I the fact you, that man, just going just... off the fly. It's pretty nice. It's real. You know what I mean?
0: it is real i think uh in the next few weeks or whatever we're going to my vision is that we do this once a week and and maybe have somebody come on who would like to talk volleyball with us you know talk about their experiences um you know i think it would be a cool outlet for younger people to listen to and and maybe just some people that enjoy hearing about volleyball and um and maybe listen to us you know kind of for lack of a better term, shoot the shit. But, yep. um, but yeah, it was kind of, I thought it was pretty funny that, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, here we go. I already lost track. <laughs> We're going to edit this part out. Yeah. Edit Super editor Luke, who's never worked GarageBand in his life, is going to figure out how to cut this part out and say, nope, not in there anymore. Uh, But, uh, what was I going to say? I don't remember. Uh, well, yeah, so we're going to try and talk to people, um, you know, have people have guests on, but I think what will be important, uh, is that we enjoy it. You know, I think if we're talking about things that we enjoy and, and maybe learn a little bit about volleyball and about each other and, and learn from somebody that might come on and be a guest, I think, uh, people will enjoy it if they notice that we like it too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be something that I would listen to, I think. Um, but uh, I think that if we do it that way and we make it genuine, then other people will enjoy it as well. So yeah, and also we. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, we also we want to, you know, different segments we do different weeks and different questionnaires or anything like that for the different people we have on. I think it would be a perfect time for the people that are watching and the people that. Uh, you know, or maybe not avid listeners, but if they enjoy it and they have some ideas, absolutely, we'd love some feedback in this situation. With man, we have no idea. We're sitting in both sitting in quarantine and not and able to <laughs> do very much any of anything. You know, so pondering right. this day in day out for the time we have free would be perfect for reading those those comments or those ideas that family, friends, anybody, people we don't know, anything like that has to offer um, as constructive yeah. criticism. Because anything, I mean, at this point, w- you can hear from the way we're talking and uh, I've already broke this in, we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so anything like that will, it'll be times for that and everything like that. So just a uh, heads up for you guys listening.
0: Yeah. And I think we named it time to kill too, because we, we knew it was just going to be, you know, we have a lot of time right now. Um, and it, a lot of people do, you know, I'm when I'm not recruiting and sending emails and talking to people, um, you know, p- as far as tournaments go for club I can't be as at as much as I would probably like to because of the the environment that we're now in with uh, pandemics and things of that nature but um you know I'm excited about this I think it's a that's a good other outlet for us to uh expand you know a little bit of knowledge but also get to know some people that maybe don't we don't know and and hear from you guys and you know if you guys have some stuff that you want to talk about that would be we would more than likely or more than uh more than willing to do stuff like that yep. but um, what else can we talk about how how is uh how's italy right now are we in we're in second phase or what what's happening over there yeah
1: um so as someone who is from the united states and has no previous knowledge of the italian language whatsoever it's kind of hard for me to Pick up on those subtle differences of the news from day to day. And if there's something big, I hear about it from my team's group chat. But if it's not, then it's non-existent to me. Um, So as far as I know, cases are going up big time right now, Um, like 40, 50, 60,000 cases a day for a country of about a 60 million population cap, which is crazy because you think about the United States in this current day is just they just crossed 200,000 cases a day. But you yeah. got to keep in mind that the United States is 350 million people or something ridiculous. So it's just about the. So don't listen to that those fake news outlets, folks. If you need some news, come right here. <laughs> we're always here dishing out the real facts, real numbers. Yeah, this is.
0: We're also a very factual thing. <laughs> uh, you can you can definitely look up those numbers of the populations of USA and Italy, and it'll be basically right on to the number. So
1: round the number, yes, exactly.
0: Yeah, we round up sometimes, but most of the time we're pretty spot on with those things. I mean, (laughs) why wouldn't we be? All Uh, right, we got time to um, kill.
1: Boom, pow! We we
0: got, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that's the audio that's going to be played right before uh, every episode. Um, But yeah, you guys were coming off of a win streak um, out in your area for your professional season. guys came up with a big win against a big team in the league uh what do you think are you guys is there going to be a hiatus of matches because of this second wave or are you guys probably going to try and finish it out because you guys are in a bubble type situation um how do you think the team's doing i don't know yeah no um talk volley a little bit yeah let's
1: do it um yeah we um we started off this year pretty strong um, we, we lost the first two matches against a uh, couple two top real good teams. Um, and then we went on to win the next four matches. We are on a four-match winning streak, which is pretty exciting for all of us because it was the first time that this club had gone through a four-match winning streak since 2004 or something like that. So it was definitely a big deal um, around the club, the staff, the society, <clears throat> anything like that. It was pretty good. And then um, we lost our next match and then went on – we're now on a two-two two match win streak. We lost one right before our last game, and then um, we took down Civitanova Lube, which uh, I, still, in this moment, I'm still as just as surprised as everyone in the world is about that yeah. stellar victory. But if you, if you know, I'm sure some of you guys have seen some of the players when I name them off, um, and you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. But Lube consists of. Seven or eight of the top players in the world. So you guys know who Osmani uh, Wantarena is. He's the starting outside Mm -hmm. for the Italian national team. We got um, Leal, who is a Brazilian superstar, originally Cuban but defected and is now playing on the Brazilian national team. We got Robert Landy-Simone, which if you're a volleyball player, you know who he is. Um, He's a Cuban middle that is, I think, 6'8", 6'9". and touches about 125. So, definitely a physical beast. Um, mm-hmm. the other uh, the setter, he's De Checo and he reigns from Argentina. He's classified as top 2 setters in the entire world, which is really phenomenal to watch, but when you're playing against him it's a little different of a uh, little shock shock factor that definitely comes into that. Um, yeah. so
0: I like the one-headed back three or whatever you'd call that that he did against you guys. Yeah. Even though they lost, they still put that highlight out there. Of course. course,
1: something like, something like that is is insane. It's just like if if uh, that bucket that Clay Thompson or not Clay Thompson, um, Kawhi Leonard hit against the Sixers to send them to the finals two years ago. Yeah. If that bucket didn't go in, or if that bucket went in and they lost, they still would have posted that as in one of the most insane shots ever. And right. what what Chicheko and Simone did was <laughs> absolutely insane, <laughs> man. I couldn't even imagine. But yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So that we took down that team in four. Which is a huge feat for us because we don't have um, pretty much any big names. We have a couple. We have a couple French national team players that are decently well known. But other than that, we're uh, we're a scrappy group of guys, kind of put together, um, and we played really well. And, and it was just like that. We just kept our our heads in the game. Was what we weren't overcome by the intimidation factor of this giant team that we were going up against. But I think uh, we caught them in a moment of maybe of um, flatness, or what's the word I'm looking for, Um, of their brain, where they're just kind of a lull, a lull in their brain kind of coming in, expecting that we're going to be the team that on paper we are and kind of roll over to these big dog names and all that kind of stuff. And we came out right from the gate and started started punching, and we just didn't stop, closed our eyes, and just kept going. Um, And I think that took them by surprise a little bit, and they were kind of let down and they couldn't really recover and turn it around fast enough. And by the time they kind of had, we'd closed the door and sealed the match. So definitely a big thing for any of those young players out there or the the teams that are listening, anything like that. doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. As long as you guys play together as a team and everyone uses their own individual skills towards a team win or team benefit, then many things can happen that you may not have foreseen. And uh, that's my message of the day.
0: Message of the day. There you go. I like it. I think I. I saw so I watched some of it. I wasn't able to watch it live uh, because I thought it was on one carrier network and it wasn't. Yep. <laughs> Whoops. But uh, from what I saw, uh, kind of like of a match overview video that I watched, uh, you guys do a. Pr- you guys are pretty scrappy. Uh, a lot of covering, but also like a system like you're either you guys just make really healthy swings and like i don't know it just it seems like you guys have the like a fight in you guys uh almost like something to prove um but also just very um consistent almost it's just there's not very many like bonehead things where you guys are trying to do too much um, a lot of just, like, healthy, like, digs off the net and then setting out a system really well um, between the setter and the libero, uh, and even you when you kind of step up and take that second ball. But, um, but yeah, that was, it's fun to watch. I mean, I think you guys are doing something that, I mean, if you really think about it, you were probably eight or seven years old when the last time they've won more than two games in a row, which is you know, pretty exciting for that team. Uh, pretty excited for people that, you know, might not be, uh, you know, the Osmanis or the, or the Els of the, like their national teams that are playing and starting and, uh, you know, representing their countries and Olympic teams quite yet, but, um, pretty cool for you guys to like kind of stand up and just be like, well, number one in the nation or world or whatever. You know, I think that's, that's cool, but I think we could still win. Um, that was it. Was fun to at least watch the highlights of it. Yeah. So
1: I think uh, a little, maybe a little correction on that statement. I think coming into the, the, those type of games and those situations, the mindset for me, I think it's um, a little bit deconstructive to have a we can still win kind of mindset, because yeah. then it's placing yourself on the other end of the spectrum of oh well we're going against this team we should get crushed as a, and then if you're going oh we can win. I think it, the the perfect balance is somewhere right in the middle. Um, showing respect to the team, acknowledging who they are, but then also going out and playing, focusing only on your game and playing your game to the best of your yeah. ability. If someone if the other team takes over and just runs the match and the tables, then that's what happened, and good for them and bravo. Like just that's how it goes. But sometimes yeah, good for them. Yeah. 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 Sometimes uh, they they ha- have the same expectation that you guys are supposed to roll over, and if they do and they have a little lull. That's the perfect mindset to be like, well, "All right, we're going to play our game. We're going to do some things good. We're going to do our the things we do well really well and uh we'll see where it goes from there."
0: Yeah, I think uh I think volleyball is a, is like that in almost every aspect. I mean, I think a healthy volleyball mindset is just like we're going to do us on our side and they're going to do them. Uh you know, players are going to make good swings. Uh people are going to make good blocks and, you know, it I think worrying about outcomes and things of that nature could get you in some ch- trouble. I mean, I think just playing your volleyball, trusting in your abilities and then respecting the other side. I think I think yeah, you are a little spot on there. Yep. You must have had some good coaches in the past or something. <laughs> must be nice. I had some brainiacs in my time. I had time. really good coaches too. <laughs> um but yeah. Very cool. I think mindset mindset volleyball <laughs> is I mean, the mindset of volleyball is half the battle. I think that's what we're kind of in my gym. You know, we're, we're an NAIA NAIA volleyball team that, uh, is looking to compete for a national championship this year. You know, I think, um, we have the pieces to do those things. We have athletic talent, we have, uh, size, we have, uh, guys that really want to get after it. And, um, while we have some things that we kind of, we need to work on as far as little things, you know, I think being more aggressive in the seams with passers, you know, being working on that tempo to the out, out to the pins, uh, getting on the bick after every play and, and being on the right step for those types of things. You know, those are things that we're going to rep out, but, uh, something that we kind of pride ourselves in, in our gym that, you know, I think. Uh, is important that we do and is, is, uh, you know, what it means to play at Ottawa, you know, our culture, how we're, uh, reacting to, you know, we play sixes. So whenever, uh, every day. And so whenever the other side's doing well, like how are we responding? Uh, yeah. you know, I think that stuff, we're going to play teams this year that are, that are going to be good. We're going to have guys that are going to make good plays on the other side. And, uh we're seeing that you know it's it's how we react to those things that um are is is more important than some people think
1: uh yeah but absolutely
0: yeah 100% so well that was a pretty good little uh what's the word organic conversation yeah maybe we should have done this way lo- we should have done this a long time ago is all i'm saying <laughs> you know i think <laughs> I th- I don't think we needed a pandemic to do a uh, podcast. <laughs> so you're saying that wasn't right a
1: turning point. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Uh, what else you got? You got anything? How's uh, how's how's living in Italy? How's you know? I think it, it's a different experience because of pandemics. But are we uh, are we enjoying ourselves? How's that going? Well, on? based off of as a the... young athlete and <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, based off the, the title of this here podcast, I've got time, <laughs> <Yeah>. to, kill. <laughs> time to kill. So, um, yeah. what I do, my daily routine is usually if we have a game every, every seven days is a couple days a week, I go in the morning to lift and then I have free time, lunch, meditate, read books, go out and hike, do it like in the, within the permitted distances, of course. Um, and then I have afternoon practice, and that's when we do six on six. The training, the technical, and all that kind of stuff is thrown together. Um, so yeah, if um, throughout the week we only have usually a couple mornings free, um, a few maybe a couple few mornings free, whatever to just relax and rest, and, and make sure that our bodies are getting the right recovery that they desire and they need um, to be as good as we can be for the evening practice that night. Um and the coach is really good about taking into account how our bodies feel and um, planning everything around that. So um, maybe in the middle of the week when the, the training's been vigorous and we've been lifting hard and hitting the gym hard, we'll do a, a little lighter of a practice where we'll do a couple like a couple drills setting out of system, high ball kind of stuff for just just setting, not no attackers, no blockers and nothing like that. And then we'll go into serving and then we'll do a short six on six. So it, that, I mean, yeah. that helps a ton with the, the jumps management, the lifting management, all that kind of stuff is incorporated well to the athlete's body recovery. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's good. And uh, besides that, man, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here in my broom trying to find something to do. And so that's that was another reason why we decided maybe this is a good thing to do, especially in this time, yeah. just to have something else to think about and ponder and and go over in your minds and kind of, oh, I want to talk about that this week or, you know, getting some comments yeah. from the people out there and be like, oh, that's a good thing they want to talk, they want to hear about my opinion on this or they want to hear your thing as a coach coming from this, what you want to see from players or anything like that, blah, blah, blah. It gives, yeah. us, gives us an opportunity to kind of go through that process of thinking about something all the time, which is really helpful in this time, especially for me when I, don't, I have majority of the day away from doing the thing that I love and all that kind of stuff. So I have time to just think. It's good.
0: Yeah. Get a couple video games in on the side too and, you know, for healthy, uh, you know, competitive, you know, <laughs> shoot people in Warzone, do stuff like that. but I do it just – I, I don't yeah. know about
1: you, but I do it just for hand-eye coordination. That's the only reason I, yeah. I partake in I, such I, things. I do, yeah,
0: hand-eye coordination, you know, decision-making <laughs> under pressure. I think those are all things that – Video games also help with so yeah, hundred um, percent. Very cool. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting to me uh, when you talk about like your day of volleyball is. You know, I think that it would be very similar. I would think you know to a college type atmosphere. I mean, you don't have your classes, so maybe you have more time to de- demoted to or devoted, not demoted. <laughs> we'll use the right verbiage here in this. we're working on it no worries no worries yeah english isn't you know i'm an exercise science major so (laughs) um but yeah so you know we you devote so much time to it because you're now being paid for it and it's interesting that um you know i think i forgot who was talking about this but um i listened to a podcast the other day and the and the guy that coached at a college level was talking about how you know at professional levels and and things like that. It even it becomes almost easier the drills. Like it's more like you're not going to be trying to get tired in these drills. You're just really trying to break down a certain skill, uh, trying to make sure you're on the right step, getting setter connection down, It's just passing and uh, serve receive from a, a guy playing in a ball from a serving machine or or a teammate serving a ball at you and. You know, well, you know, my I remember my f- first couple of years uh, coaching club, I was like, oh, I need to get these kids so tired, like we, uh, they're just kind of standing around, like so worried about whether or not they're moving a bunch and doing stuff uh, and not making sure that the quality of the touches were, you know, making sure that we're not just wasting uh, effort and movement and doing random things uh I think that that's something that we've got or I've gotten better as a coach with um you know I think you know I we we do a lot of servant pass in our gym you know I some people think that you know we've got to be playing for scores and not just serving one way and you know play the ball out and do these things um and this might be a hot take but you know I think it's just working on that angle, working on that first step, working on the split step, showing angles. Uh, you know, I think if, if you can do something in a drill where you're just focused on that, I think that what you get out of that could be more than, you know, playing sixes and doing all this other things and making sure you get on a route to go hit. And, you know, so yeah, no. I think it's interesting that the professional level, you know, you would think that you're just, or you. I guess you wouldn't think that all the time, but I guess um, you know there's a time to play and compete and then there's a time for breaking things, skills down and or working on connections or working on uh little uh mine, minute changes to your game so.
1: yeah, no, I totally agree um I think there's a there's a fine line with the the mental side of that that going into drills as opposed to um, six on six what that can if, if someone's worried about, you know, dude, How am I gonna get this in in games and in in intense situations where we're playing for score and the competitive juices are flowing and all that kind of stuff? I think there's a fine line of the understanding between that, and if someone's teetering on that line, then there, I think there needs to be discussion had of listen. Um, muscle memory is one of the oldest and oldest studied and understood things about sports, you know. And what yeah. all that the in my perception, all the drilling and the. The serve, receive, reps, and the the tossing the for your serve and hitting these balls with the setter and getting the connection is all about muscle memory and understanding what the ball does when you do such thing. And for me, in college, under the under under the wing of Alan Knipe, was man, we we drilled five or f- five or six hours every week on just passing, just passing for about 30 to 40 minutes a day. Just on getting the reps with various different serves and trying to attain all those variations and putting the response to those variations in a tool belt to have access to whenever you needed. Because you never knew ever what you know you might be able to scout some the tenant opponents servers and anything like that, but you have no idea what they're actually spin they're putting on the ball or what they do the next time or. You know, if they're trying to, serve, they're afraid of you, so they're going to serve someone else, or they're not afraid of you, so they're going to serve every ball of you, no matter where you are, which they don't usually do, according to their tendencies. It's just about in those reps, reps days, where you take spend 45 minutes just doing a passing, trying to get the those accumulations of different things. That's what creates muscle memory. That's what creates the ability to go into an unknown situation, maybe, and then having potentially having a response or a half response to know, okay, well this is this. And I'm associating this with that. And then I have some sort of the movement. Um, and for yeah. passing, that's uh, I, I, agree. I stand by that 100%. It's just reps, 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 reps. And then you'll start to put together a basis of how to respond in those situations. But then also for setting, man, I'm I'm one of the luckiest players in the world with, uh, yeah. with the, my, my situation with my good buddy Joshua Tuoniga. I played with him in club, in high school in that national team and everything like that for 11 years in volleyball. I could close my eyes and wear a blindfold and know where he's (laughs) setting the ball. Yeah. If you don't tell me that's not muscle memory and like a cerebral link, I don't know what else is
0: like, honestly, you can't, you can't buy it. You can't, you can't get a connection like that from, I mean, that's so many reps together. That's so many days, hours. I mean, they talk about how many hours it takes to perfect something. You guys were probably on the verge of, or if not hitting the hours that it requires to master uh, a connection or uh, from a setter to the outside pin or to the bick or whatever. You know, I think that's you can't uh, you can't uh, underrate that that how much time you guys had together for sure. Yeah, but. Oh, I was going to say something. I forgot it. Oh, do you think uh, you're closer to where you want to be at with uh, that new ball? I mean, I think you had so many reps with the Moulton. Uh, you had so many, you know, college reps with that different ball. Do you think, you know, I think some people would say, oh, it's not It's not going to change that much. Maybe people that don't understand volleyball uh, to the level that you, you're at. But are we – I feel like in the videos that I watched, at least your passing has definitely gotten a lot better than last year. Uh, are we getting closer to being comfortable there or what are we, what are we feeling?
1: No. Yeah. Um, absolutely, man. That if for the people that say that and if you are one that says that and actually play volleyball, uh, I just, all I'm asking is just for you to rethink that without your <laughs> emotional side of your brain involved in that thought process to really Give yourself a clear answer if that actually changes it or not. I promise you yeah, I promise. it'll be a different thought process than you had before. But just go through the process of thinking about it, <laughs> then comment on this podcast. Yeah. Um, absolutely is a change, man. There's there's different grooves in the ball, different spins, different abilities for me to stab my fingers in the ball as hard as I can, and it'll still have top spin. Um, my first year out of college when we had the, the old Mikasa, oh, my goodness, it was a trip. It was so hard for me. To, it took – I don't think I ever figured it out. But thankful, good giving lord that we got a new ball from Mikasa, which had more grooves in it and was gave the ability for jump servers to have a little bit more control of the ball. Um, and it, t- it took away a little less um, control and <laughs> uh, just outrageous serves for the float servers, but it gave back a little bit more to the jump servers. And it's taken me a while because uh, I played all of last year with this new ball and uh, I had a hard time with serving and figuring it out and um, where I can stab it with my fingers or where I need to hit it or what angle I need to put my palm at or anything, all those different things throughout the entire year. And I have, can proudly say I'm pretty well um, accommodated with it this year. Um, I feel way better about serving. I finally have gotten back to my high toss you know and hitting it hard and having direction and pace with the behind the ball instead of just not even knowing anything about my serve whatsoever which is what i had to deal with the last couple of years um, but the yeah. difference in ball has was difficult but like i said just it's the same thing going along with the lines of reps just took took some time getting used to understanding the ball if i hit the ball with my middle finger and it's probably going to go 40 60 70 feet out of bounds. it's just how <laughs> yes. it's just this is something that happens you know and i have Man. i've done that countless times that's just part of the process of getting used to something completely new that you've for a sport you've played for 13 years, something like that.
0: Yeah. So I think like, so now that we're on that, like serving, uh, you know, I learned a lot, a lot, and he'll be brought up quite a few times just because he was such a mentor to me last year. But, uh, Riley Salmon, um, we had a few keys to like what we wanted our jump receivers to do. Uh, a lot of it was, you know, toss the ball into the court, you know, close that gap with your with your jump uh, and then get on the ball and hit it hard. You know, I think we were we we wanted to really make sure that they were getting into the court with their jump um and then, you know, making good contact, I think is was our our other key that we talked about all the time with them? Uh, what do you, What are s- sort of things that you think about when you go jump serve? I know, um, I know. I I mean, I don't really know, so that's why I'm asking. <laughs> <but>. um, <laughs> I know nothing.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah from <laughs> from my perspective, jump serving is one of the most natural things in volleyball to do because. Of the nature of jumping and hitting a ball, we do every three and a half seconds um, yeah. and creating that, that wrist flick and the the spin on the ball and trying to attack the court. That's all pretty much the same um, mechanic and overall outline, but I th- the think the, the hardest thing that people get messed up with is the toss, the ability to keep a consistent toss, and then... Um, how to approach the ball, how far to jump, broad jump, jump straight up, do the beach thing. All those things come into play when you're talking about jump serving. So yeah. for all of the, the young or any volleyball player for that matter, everyone, I, I swear this is everyone has at least once done a self-toss drill. No matter how old they were, they toss oh, yeah. the ball up and they'd hit it over the <laughs> net and try to hit it as hard as they can. That's like the same type of process with this, but you try to you have to hit it. Thirty feet, 30, 40 feet, whatever to get across the net, and that's something that is unusual to people. Um, yeah. And so it's relatively simple in terms of just kind of overwhelmingly volleyball. With all the other things in volleyball, it's just another thing.
0: Um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be high risk, high reward this year, probably. You know, I think that I think we're gonna attack our serve uh, this year. You know, and I think. Um, we got the guys that can hit him. So yeah. I'm excited to see, you know, I don't, we don't really, we don't punish like three miss serves in a row in the gym. You know, I, I don't um, I think the one thing that we don't really put something like that on, like where we do burpees or whatever, if we miss uh, you know, is our serve and, and I, and I just want them to feel comfortable back there uh, I don't want them to think that there's consequences for missing it, uh, but yeah, I mean I think we're it's gonna be exciting I, we have some guys that are jump serving now that were told not to jump serve last year uh, when I was not the coach um, and so you know I think it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting dynamic of these guys that weren't doing that um, and then now we're gonna put a score in front of them because uh, that pressure. Of an actual match against a real team uh, is very hard to replicate inside the gym, and so I think you know we'll see how, what it does. I think I'm I'm confident that they'll they'll do a good job with it. Um, but yeah, yeah so that- do you have like three things that you're like okay I got to do these three things, and then I know I'm going to hit the ball ser- serve the ball well.
1: Yeah, I think um, yeah I'll get into those. But I think that is a huge thing, um, and I, I'll touch on. What you asked, but I think the getting the confidence in those high-stress situations—you're never going to be able to replicate a game situation, and and then that's—but you're going to try to get as close as you possibly can with 23-23 and the competitive nature. You don't want to lose your buddies across the net. Throwing the middle in there, jump serve, hit the ball, hit it where you want to with pace and direction. That's and that's hard to replicate. But getting those those experiences, those those things put in your repertoire, you have like the closest assimilation of something like that in your brain as possible um, But my, the three things that I go through because I even now I talk about serving like it's a piece of cake It really isn't um, and I apologize for people to people that misunderstood that but serving is very difficult very mentally challenging and mentally straining Because if if you're coming into a game maybe you start in the rotation where you're the last server out of the six guys and you come into this game, you haven't got, maybe you got one or two balls. You're, you're warm, you're sweating, everything, the, the adrenaline juices are flowing. But then all of a sudden you have to go back and hit your serve. And all pretty much every first serve for me is, okay, I'm going to use my, do my routine, throw my, throw my ball up, hit it with about 65, maybe 70% just to get the rhythm going. And the understanding of how my body is doing that day with serving. And if the mental is going about, oh, this is – who am I going to serve? The That's one of the best liberos or that, that outside is really good or anything like that. That needs – I try my best. Maybe not always do it, but I try my best to wipe all that away and just just worry about hitting my serve. That was one of the things Alan preached a lot about was every time we do serving, go back and hit your serve. Do your serve enough times where you can do your serve in any moment. And, and that's been – that's been the, the, the challenge for me was go back, get my serve. I know what I'm going to – I know my serve that I want to do. Don't think about any of the other factors and just do my ball, hit my ball. Um, so the three things that I use are I do my routine. That, that makes – locks me into the serving mental side of it. Every time I go back, I do my routine and then i make sure that my toss is on my right shoulder because i have a tendency to launch the ball kind of wherever it wants to go over my left shoulder over my skull over <laughs> i mean wherever so that is the f- second foremost thing that i worry about and then my last thing that i worry about is my last two steps of my approach they're in the direction of the ball they're putting me in a good position they're with the most force out of my all my other steps to create Uh, that momentum that I need and, and um, I guess I know that's what I need for the serve to be as, as good as I can. And to for it to be my serve.
0: Yeah. I like that. I think that it's pretty funny. So like I basically do my work in my office, um, you know, from whatever for five or six hours a day. And I, will have volleyball on some sort of volleyball, YouTube, uh, you know, our team in a huddle, uh, practice, um, international, whatever, NCAA, somebody reacting to some videos, um, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, I have that on somewhere, uh, in my office. And one of the things that I notice is like, as far as volleyball goes, um, people might look different in doing it, but a lot of the good volleyball players uh, you know, the, like, like how you said, the hard, last toe steps, you know, I think that those typically look the same for all of the top top players, which is pretty interesting to me. I think uh, you know, setters are, are pretty similar. Uh, you know, they'll have their tendencies and their things that they manipulate their body. But you know, I think that they, they do it all very similarly or not very similar, but similar in in some way, shape or form. Um, So I think that's pretty interesting. I think what you're saying is pretty cool about, you know, that you do have something that you go back. I think everybody that's listening to this, that at least plays volleyball, if you're in here and you don't play volleyball, welcome. You're about to learn a lot of things that probably make no sense to you. But uh, if you play, (laughs) if you play volleyball, you know, I think you're like, Oh man, I've thought about that before. Like, you know having a hard last two steps or or you might be like oh I, my coach has told me to do that you know uh it's pretty it's pretty cool to hear like even though you might be you, you know working towards the pinnacle of your sport that you're that you think the same way as maybe somebody that's in high school or you know just kind of hitting their serve uh going back being confident uh things that everybody can probably work on a little bit more and not thinking about who's passing on the other side or what the score is and Human stuff, you know. Yep. Human stuff. That's
1: stuff to think about.
0: Right. All right. Well, we've been doing a pretty good job here. Um,
1: I am. I don't very know pleased. how
0: long. I don't know how long we've been doing this for, but it feels like a good amount. It feels like only like five minutes, but I know it's longer because I can see the clock. I just don't remember what time we started at.
1: Yeah, I've got a time, but we don't need to <laughs> talk about it. That yeah, was, yeah, it was. Yeah, that it. was what, the point of the whole. What great- time I have 50 minutes and 30 seconds.
0: Wow. That's it.
1: That's just. I agree with you with the feeling that it's been about five minutes just because it's just organic. It's real. It feels good. You know, it's not something forced, it's not something from a script. Obviously, we've said um, like six or seven times. Just try to find the words of which go to coalesce with the the subject we're talking about.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's exciting to hear what people say. I mean, I. My my big thing about doing this is kind of just talking volleyball. You know, surprisingly, and I think this will be a surprise to people that are listening, um, between the – or within the years that we've been friends, whatever we decided that was, six or seven or whatever, uh, we don't really talk volleyball. Uh no. no. You know, we usually talk about how life's going, uh, some other things like that. But uh, we do talk volleyball in, in some – different settings but
1: in general terms yeah yeah, in general
0: terms but I'm excited to kind of see where we go from here I think uh, there's a lot to talk about within volleyball and and uh, you know what you guys kind of want to hear and and talk about I think that's 100% going to be open uh, to you guys's discretion if you guys wanted to talk about something one week or whatever or but you know I want to see yeah I I do want to try and invite some of our buddies on you know people that play volleyball who are interested in talking about volleyball for 50 seconds or 50 seconds, 50 <laughs> minutes. Only 50 seconds. Could yeah. you imagine? Uh, welcome to <laughs> time to talk or time to kill. Uh, this is Luke Pope, TJ DeFalco and blah blah blah. Enter name here, uh, and that's it. That's been 50 seconds. I hope you guys. <laughs> and nice to our- meet you. Thanks for joining. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed our video this week, or our-, our message, and uh, and let us know what you want us to talk about next week. Cause- <laughs> In our 50 second podcast, Uh, (laughs) but yeah, uh, I think we can end it here. I think this is a good stop, uh, stopping point. I think uh, we—I don't want it to be forced. You know, none of that felt forced, but I think, you know, I think if we kept going right now, it'd probably be a little forced. So. Yep. No, I agree. We got a lot. We could make some more notes, see what you guys want to hear about and or talk about, and yeah and, absolutely, and uh, see who wants to come on the podcast,
1: yeah, and another thing, guys, keep in mind, I know we said a little disclaimer at the beginning, but this is our first time. <laughs> I know for a fact, I've made up at least two words in this this whole <laughs> discussion, <laughs> two words that probably don't exist and but you guys understood it, so we were working on our vocabulary, we we're working on our speaking skills i mean heck if i'm if I'm speaking too loud or too fast or something like that, that's something that. Probably yeah. won't change, but you guys still comment on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're only using GarageBand, all right. This is a 2012 Mac, all right. But, um, I, can all I can see I can see the comments now. TJ really thinks that there's only that many millions of people in the United States. Yeah, there's 350
1: and you... billion people in the United States. <laughs> and if
0: anybody was wondering, I don't know either. I I I just agreed. I was like, yeah, that's. That those all those numbers sound right. Yep.
1: Checks yep. out. Checks Head out. Nod.
0: That many, <laughs> ma- that many thousands of people. Yep. <laughs> we just know that there's a lot of cases uh, and there's a lot of people in the United States. So yep. that's all we know, really. Maybe yep. we should Absolutely. not use numbers. Maybe we can just be like gen- more generalities with those types of things. Yeah. I don't use know. Just Who big knows?
1: words to describe enormous <laughs> amounts of people. All, All right. Well, well
0: we appreciate you guys tuning in, uh, even if it's one of you guys or two of you guys. I think we'll we'll continue to do this because it's we enjoy it and we love volleyball. And you know, I think people that love volleyball will kind of enjoy this a little bit and laugh about it. Hopefully, with us and and yeah, I'm excited to see what what we do next week. So me as well. That, thanks, guys. It, guys. We
1: will be back soon. Can't we, wait to we hear killed some, some time. responses. yeah we did indeed
0: all right later all right guys